calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. I'm with Andre Fizzini, the first author of Buffett's Alpha, to talk more about his prize-winning article. Congratulations again, and your fellow authors who aren't with us today on winning the Graham and Dodd Award for 2018. Thank you. How did you converge on the subject of deconstructing Warren Buffett's performance? Well, financial economists have always been interested in testing sort of a luck versus skill hypothesis, whether or not the track record of successful investors can be attributed to their skill or whether or not they were just uh, lucky. So in this particular example, we were testing an hypothesis that is due to Fisher-Black, or a model that we wrote back in the 1970s. In order to do that, we needed to have investors for which we get to observe their leverage as well as their portfolio holdings. And it turns out that Berkshire Hathaway is a good example of that. Berkshire Hathaway is a publicly traded company, so we get to directly observe their leverage. We get to see that from the balance sheet but they also have to file quarterly holdings, and therefore we get to directly observe their stock portfolio holdings. After that initial research, that sort of evolved into a separate uh, paper, which is the paper we uh, talked about today. Okay. So the interesting thing was it wasn't that extremely fantastic performance of Warren Buffett, but rather the subject of leverage that got you interested in the first place. That is correct. So we approached this from testing a specific hypothesis on portfolio holdings, that has to do with the presence of investors that are allowed to lever, and Berkshire Hathaway is a prime example of that. And for that, we were more interested into looking at more deeply into what where is the leverage coming from, where are the sources of their leverage, and whether or not that can explain some of the phenomenal performance they have experienced over time. Your data set was quite comprehensive. And in fact, I that was one of the things I found most interesting about the paper is all the different data you had, everything from prices, which is quite standard in our area, right down to SEC filings and tax returns. That is correct. That is, We did use quite a little bit of data in this, in this paper. This is not uncommon for empirical finance research in general. We did have a lot of help from people that helped cleaning the data, collecting the data. We have to hand collect uh, some of the data as well as people that generously provided us uh, uh, with data. And we are very grateful to everyone that helped on this paper. We were not alone in this uh, effort. Hand collecting data, that's special in this day and age. Correct. We had to go back and hand collect some balance sheet data uh, back, in, back in time. There are three major elements to your results. So leverage is the first, and I, I was surprised by that. You've told us that's how uh, you entered this research subject in the first place, but I never imagined that uh, Warren Buffett's performance was geared. Uh, wh what did you discover about their leverage? So Berkshire Hathaway is a publicly traded company, so we get to directly observe their, their leverage. We also get to directly see where the leverage is, uh, is coming from. On top of that, Buffett actually touches on the um, on the topic of leverage in almost every uh, annual letters and in fact it actually gives you data on on their cost of uh, on their cost of, uh, capita that allows you to think about how helpful their leverage uh, has been 
I think one of the most surprising things that we did find out about the leverage, which I did not know prior to marketing in the study, is the reliance on reinsurance operations and the float yeah. in order to, to lever part of their portfolio, which is one of the most remarkable aspects of Berkshire Hathaway or Adam Buffett's portfolio, something that is extremely hard uh, to replicate and not for lack of trying. A variety of money managers have been trying to replicate that structure. It's something that's really unique uh, to them. Well, let's talk more about the sources of leverage because it wasn't just one, right? There were several ways that they harnessed that that were particularly unique to their business, which gave them an edge. Can you talk us through each of the forms of leverage? The main sorts of leverage are uh, debt. Berkshire Hathaway is a AAA rated company, so they issue, uh, they issue debt. Uh, reinsurance operations, that is using the uh, proceed from essentially reinsurance to to purchase either acquisition of private companies or to buy portfolios of publicly traded uh, stocks, or writing of derivatives, that is essentially selling embedded leverage, and and they do that sort of ex extensively, especially in writing put on the on the S and P 500. Mm -hmm. I think the main sort of link across all these sources of leverage is the fact they are long term. That is, they are not short-term borrowing, which will be typical for typical investment managers, in, in the way they levered, it's designed to essentially lock in financing for a long period of time, which what allows them to actually have a very long-term investor perspective. They're being able to weather storms and go through good or bad times, partly because of this way of setting up their long-term leverage. Right. As you say, no margin calls, no fire sale. Um, they were able and structured to survive the long term. That is correct. Buffett has gone through periods of underperformance. We measure his performance relative to the S&P 500, since Berkshire Hathaway holds a concentrated portfolio of mostly U.S. stocks. So we think that's a reasonable uh, benchmark. So relative to that, you would see extreme periods of under of underperformance. And one of the reasons they were able to weather that, it's really their efficient uh, financing. Right. How bad did it get? You were quite honest about uh, assessing the performance upfront. It was fantastic over the long term, but there were times when it was really, really bad. Right. There were times that was extremely bad, again, relative to, to the S&P 500 over US aggregate uh, uh, benchmark. I don't, think I, I don't think I can comment on individual sort of, uh, of the numbers or, or, or size of the, uh, of the drawdowns. You know, what I would say is they were fairly large for levered investors. And one of the reasons why they were able to weather that was because not only their cost of capital was low, but also because their source of leverage was very, very special, at least relative to a typical money manager. Yeah. It was a key advantage for them, and they, and they took the advantage. That's correct. Berkshire Hathaway invested in public and private companies. And the topic, the whole topic of private markets is on the rise. So. Firstly, I'd like to talk a bit more about the private-public idea. Private markets are private, firstly, so how did you find the information? Right. Obviously, you, we don't get to observe the return on private holdings of Berkshire Hathaway. However, we have enough data to be able to back out a proxy for those returns. The way to think about it is Berkshire Hathaway is a holding company for a portfolio of private companies and a portfolio of public uh, companies. We get to observe the return on the entire company, that is Berkshire Hathaway stock. We also get to observe the return on the public stock component of the company, which is their stock portfolio. This is coming from regulatory filing. 
we get to observe the leverage, and we also get to observe the split in assets between the private component and the public component. This allows you to back out a proxy of returns from the private uh, part, of the, uh, uh, part of the company. There are a few assumptions that are involved in that, but we think they're all reasonable, and the result is not uh, affected too much by slight changes in those assumptions. Was well, one of the things that makes the study so interesting. Under different circumstances, you wouldn't have been able to get that information. By splitting into, into its components parts, you were able to back out the information and estimate it. You characterized the skill required for public investment as an investment skill, as opposed to that of private investment as a CEO. And you asked the question, was he a better investor or a CEO? It's interesting to me that characterization. Right. In the paper, we wanted to, to test whether or not his sort of sharp ratio, some other type of uh, sort of investment performance measures, were different in his private holdings than in his public holdings. What we did find is, is the Buffett public portfolio has a higher sharp ratio than our implied returns from the private uh, portfolio. So in that respect, you would conclude that it is a better stock picker than it is at running companies. However, there's a lot, there's a big ca caveat that, that we'll like to emphasize is the fact that if Berkshire did not have the private holdings, they would not be able to lever it in the way they do, in a way that is as effective as uh, low cost. So the private holdings definitely generate benefits that are, that are over and beyond just the returns on those private uh, holdings. So what we're hearing again and again is that each of these component pieces are completely integrated and they use their business advantage to the maximum. That is correct. So let's talk more about what we usually can measure and what we usually do see in the journal, and that is investment performance. So when it comes to the public portfolio and factors, we think we all know the answer. It's value, right? I think what we found in the paper that value is not the only uh, answer. That is, we have tested the hypothesis that part of Buffett's and Berkshire performance can be explained by a variety of systematic exposures. Value is one of them, so a tendency to buy cheaper companies. But the other large one would be a tendency to buy more profitable, higher quality uh, companies. I would classify them as companies that are safer on the real operation side or companies that are less likely to go out of business in a large uh, uh, recession. What we did found that a lot of his performance can be explained by a systematic exposures to those characteristics. So Buffett buys cheap, profitable, high quality, safer companies, and then use as leverage in order to target his desired amount of uh, risk. So when you look at the overall volatility of the portfolio, it certainly doesn't look like stable, reliable uh, stocks, but that's the leverage we're seeing, right? That is correct. That is, if you look at the volatility of his stock portfolio that is much lower than the volatility of Berkshire Hathaway in itself. And in fact, the ratio of the two can be thought of, of a measure of a market uh, leverage. And the ratio you found over history? The ratio would be approximately about 1.4 using long-term data. That is, Berkshire Hathaway, it's about 40% more volatile than the underlying stock portfolio that they own. Okay. You and your fellow authors created as part of your methodology, a Buffett Smart Beta product in a way. Does that mean anyone can do it? No, it does not. We analyze Buffett returns with hindsight. That is, we are, we are looking sort of today, ex post, 
looking at his track record and try to think about whether or not his track record can be explained by systematic exposure. We think in our analysis sort of shows that a lot of his returns are due to skill, not lack of magic. It also helps you, helps, we think our analysis can help investors understand where is that skill is coming from. It does not mean that you and I can do it and it does not take away from his ability to identify those type of characteristics that are associated with future returns 40 or 50 years ago and really stick to those principles throughout the, the life of his track record. If I have to choose, I will let him do it for me by owning Berkshire Hathaway. My last question. It's, it's been about a year since the article was published. Can you tell us anything about the impact the article's had? Has Mr. Buffett himself read it? We have, we have sent the article to Warren Buffett. I am not sure whether he, whether he read it or I have never spoken, or I've never had the honor of speaking, of speaking, with, uh, uh, speaking with them. The, the article generated quite a bit of press, I think more than we were used uh, to. I think in general, the article sort of exemplify what my co-authors and I try to do at AQR, that is academic research is sort of at the, at, at the heart of what we do is in our DNA. We try to test hypotheses or, or test sort of theories and use those inside to help our understanding, our client understanding of financial markets and build better uh, portfolio. So this uh, academic research, it's an example uh, of that, something that we want to incorporate or we do incorporate in a variety of other of our uh, portfolios and publishing that research, presenting that research, helps shape our understanding and improve our understanding on those, on those topics. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for sending it to us. It was a perfect match of what we like to do, which is to advance the investment profession with good scientific research. Thank you.